This is going to be an amazing session. I don't want to waste any time at all. And uh, it's been an incredible conference so far. You guys getting, getting a lot out of this. I want to go this morning. Amen. And so, uh, so excited for these app sessions. And today, the, your, the app session you're in is on leading the way with uh, radical generosity. And uh, to my left here, just want to introduce here in just a second um, who, who we have. And uh, I am just here to kind of help host. My name is Kyle Mills. Um, I'm the lead pastor at Elevate City Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana, part of an art church plant there in 2012. And, uh, but uh, Chad and Katie Fisher here to my left, and they pastor Rock City Church in Columbus, Ohio, just celebrated seven years. I have four incredible campuses, and I've personally been in services there. These are friends of mine and love these guys and love what God is doing there. And uh, you're going to get a lot out of just what they're going to share here in the next few minutes. And so it's going to be uh, awesome, and it's incredible to see what God's doing in Columbus. And then also over to the left at the end is Chaley Ackerman. She is with Kindred, an amazing organization that is helping uh, the local church and a lot of local churches really everywhere that you're going to hear more about in just a moment. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to turn the mic to Katie here, and she's going to run with it. Awesome. Thank you, Kyle. We're so excited to be here today. OH? Anybody? Anybody? I.O.? No? No? Okay. All right. We won't, we won't start with that. We may end with it, but we won't start with it. Again, my name's Katie. My husband, Chad, and I started Rock City Church seven years ago, an ARC church plant, 199, and uh, it's been an amazing journey, and we're just so grateful to be here and be able to talk about something that's so close to our heart, which is the topic of generosity. ARC is a generous organization. They've been generous to us, and I love that they facilitate dialogue like this, and um, and I'm just going to kind of talk to these guys and facilitate this a bit so we can get started. Chad, I know, obviously, generosity is something near to your heart. And I know that as your wife, but would you tell uh, the group here today a little bit of our story and how generosity has played a role in that? Right. Yeah. Uh, a lot of what I'm going to share with you um, today is is from our story. I, I think sometimes as, as pastors, ministry leaders, people, uh, we're, we're really just looking for like permission, even though we don't need permission. We're looking for permission to just do more than we're already doing, or maybe we're, we're looking for just an idea uh, that, that we can just run with. And so a lot of the things that we've, we've experienced over uh, the first seven years of our church, and, and especially as it relates to being generous and, and living this out, um, our ideas we've, we've heard from somebody or we've, we've read from somewhere, and we, we were just kind of uh, brave enough to run with it. Um, my, my story, real quick, is I grew up in the church, so um, I am a church church kid through and through. And uh, similar story to, to a lot of young adults as I entered my young adult years, started to grow a bit disenfranchised with the church. And really there were two big questions that, that I was uh, finding I was asking of the Lord. The first was, uh, where is your power and your presence? I felt like, man, if, if we're going to be a church, uh, we, we ought to really be engaging your presence and your power. Where is, where, where is that? Where are you? And then the second thing that I was asking is, where is your heart? Like, what are we doing as a church to engage your heart? Because I believe that the heart of God is generous, and a generous heart means that we're focused on reaching people who are lost. We're focused on serving the needs that exist in our own communities and around the world. And and I, I was, uh, at the time, just really seeing a lack of that. Are we reaching people? Are we serving people? Are we living out the generous heart? of God. In a book that really wrecked me early on, um, I read it years ago, Matthew Barnett's book called The Church That Never Sleeps. If you've not read that book, you need to. Uh, Matthew Barnett started the LA Dream Center, um, and now there are hundreds of dream centers uh, all around the world. But 
Once I read that book, I realized that uh, the doors of the church are closed when people most need them to be open, right? We open the doors for a few hours on Sunday, but people's problems aren't generally between 9 and noon on Sunday. It might be Friday evening or Thursday afternoon or whenever that is or in the middle of the night. And so once I read that book, I really started to struggle with just my calling and, and God, your church, like what's going on here? And, um, and, and God began to, to just birth a new dream and a new vision for a church, became a youth pastor and started leading in youth ministry, spent five and a half years there. And about three and a half years into our, our youth ministry, uh, we, we, we had this idea. We, we, we said, let's start actually doing these things. Let's not just be restless anymore. Let's just let, let's apply uh, what's in our heart. And uh, the church we were serving at uh, hadn't sent people out on an actual missions trip in, in probably close to a decade. And uh, so we said this summer is going to be it. We, we took a whole bunch of kids on missions trips. We did three in a summer. We raised almost 150 thousand dollars and uh in just a few months we took i think 76 kids on missions trips global and then in, in other uh new orleans and new york city and when we came back um wow we we encountered the presence of god my my, my question that i was asked where is your presence it's, it's on the mission field um and 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 uh, we, we we got to experience just what what being generous and like living that out the, the miracles, the, 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 the life transformation, the people who were saved just as a result of these trips. And so I came back and uh, we, we had our staff meeting and, and I filled out my staff report and I'm, I'm ready to go, man. I slid my staff report under the pastor's door, you know, the night before so he could kind of be, get, get a heads up before I share with the whole team that, hey, this year we took 76 kids. Next year we're taking 300. This year we raised 150,000 outside the church and uh, next year we're going to raise, you know, I don't know what it was, half a million. It was like, you know, I'm young. We're going for it. Uh, going to swing for the fence and um, I'll never forget we got time for me to share and I was ready for everyone on the team to know what, what we had just accomplished and the vision that I just felt was really burning in my heart and the, the pastor looked at my notes and he looked at me and he took off his glasses laid them down in front of me and, uh, and in front of the whole team he said I'll, I'll tell you this we're not doing this again next year and I said what, what do you mean pastor and he said you'll never know how much money you sucked out of this church through these missions trips and, and the room just got real quiet, and uh, and and I, you know, trying to be res a respectful young adult, which is difficult. Um, I said, Pastor, don't you think the, don't you think the, the auditorium that that God put in your heart to build, don't you think we're going to build that faster, because we just did this, because we we were just generous, and he said, you don't pay the bills. And so you can't really decide that. And, and I remember um, just being really quiet. And in my heart, I was having a conversation with God. I didn't think we'd ever plant a church. I, I didn't have this thought, like, I'm going to be a pastor. But I remember I had this thought. I said, Lord, if I ever have the opportunity to stand in those shoes, I want to put you to the test. And again, I didn't think we'd ever plant a church. I didn't know what that looked like. But it was, it was a very just uh, defining moment in my life. If I ever have the opportunity to stand in your shoes, I want to put you to the test. So seven years ago, we started uh, our church, Rock City Church, um, just celebrated seven years a few weeks ago. And it really has been an absolutely only God kind of story that, that we've been able to live. Um, one of the things that we, we got to celebrate this year was in our seventh year, um, just in the past 12 months, we were able to give beyond our walls more than a million dollars this year alone. Um, we've, we've set aside 20% of our operating budget, our tithe and offering, anything that's given, 20% we set aside from day one to give beyond the walls to local and global missions. In our first five years, uh, I believe that that average was actually over 30%. Some years it was like 33, 34% of every dollar given to the church was actually sent out beyond the walls. 
in the first five years of our church, we, we, we realized that we had already given $5 million beyond the walls in the first five years. And this is a church plant. I mean, we, we didn't know anybody moving into our city. We're trying to build a church just like everybody else. Um, and and, and one, of, one of the things that, that we realized is, is that generosity doesn't limit growth. It accelerates it. And I think one of the reasons that we're so fearful of, of, of being generous is we actually do think, like the fear is if we give away too much, we're going to limit what we can accomplish as if we can outgive God. And we, we have just seen the a- a- absolute opposite. We know that we cannot outgive God, and we know that the more we do for the kingdom of God, the more he's going to put in our hands because he's not giving it to us, he's giving it through us. And that's what people you heard one of the pastors already say in one of the sessions. He's not giving to the church, he's giving through the church. And and so um, we, we said this, listen, we want to do three things really well as a church. We're going to have worship experiences where people encounter your presence. We're going to see people engaged in community, serving on a ministry team and being connected in a life group. And we're going to engage the church beyond the walls. We're going to be a generous church. We're going to, we're going to focus on uh, ministry missions and outreach. And, and as we've done that, and as we've been able to be generous, uh, we recently, just I think two weeks ago, celebrated our 10,000th recorded decision for Jesus, which is just incredible. Um, we have four campuses right now, just opened a, um, a prison campus and are, are getting ready even to, to do more prison campuses. We've been one of the fastest growing churches in America for the past five years because generosity doesn't limit growth. It accelerates it. Um, we, we actually are right now in, in the midst of um, building a $14 million project. We're building from the ground up. We get to open the doors this fall because generosity doesn't limit growth. It accelerates it. Um, year six to year seven, our, our attendance was increased by 23%, but our giving increased by 33%. And so for the last several years, we've seen a shift that actually now our giving is outpacing our attendance. Even though attendance is growing, we, we've always grown, but our giving is outpacing that. And I know that you'll hear a lot of stories like, you know, you'll get people, but it's going to take a real long time for them to get engaged. I think we can share with you some things that you can do a model as, a pa- as pastors, as ministry leaders, that where, where people will be inspired much more quickly to begin to engage and to give because they see the church living out the generous heart of God. And, um, and I, I want to say this, and then I'll, I'll give it back over to Katie. Um, generosity isn't something that you put off doing when you have the budget for it. That's like the person in your church saying, I can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to tithe. And, and I, would, I would even submit to you, and this is, this is my, 100% I'm speaking for me. I didn't run this by anyone in ARC. Um, this is my own belief. Um, I honestly believe that if, if, if your church isn't giving beyond the walls more than 10%, you're not a generous church. That's just, that's my conviction because it's the same thing with the tithe. If I give 10% back to God, it's already his. That just makes me an obedient Christian. It doesn't make me a generous Christian. I'm obedient. So I'm just walking in obedience. He's going to bless obedience. But what really gets fun is when you start playing around with the above the 10% stuff. And so, so I, I would just encourage you right off the bat to think about what you're doing uh, individually, personally, and what you're doing as a church. Man, set the bar high. I really believe we cannot outgive God. The real fun begins um, when we start to go beyond beyond, above and beyond that, and, uh, and get kind of crazy with our generosity, and because it doesn't limit growth, it accelerates it, and, um, and how, how we live this out is, 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 is just as important as what we do, like how we do what we do is just as important as what we do, and so we're going to talk some kind of practical things that we've, we've begun to do, and things that I think you can kind of take home with you, and, and maybe give it a try, and, uh, and just even step up beyond what we're doing too. Yeah, because like nobody starts a church thinking, 
we're going to be a not generous church, right? Like we all start out with a heart for generosity. We all start out with a heart for our city. We don't get into ministry because we're stingy, right? We get into ministry because we love people. But then bills come and budgets come and people come with their ideas and their problems and we tried this and it didn't work. And so like our heart for for this group for this time is for you to understand you just have to start. And so Chad, tell us a little bit about like just some of the practicalities of what that looks like lived out. Like it's one thing to see it on a wall. We're a generous church. It's another thing to have it in your values. But like how does that play out for us and what does that look like day in and day out? Yeah, the first thing I would say is um, you, you need to make generosity a budget item. And so it, it needs to be on your budget. Um, like I said, from the from the very beginning, day one, we said we're going to set aside 20% of our general operating budget to go beyond our walls um, in the first five years. Many of those years, it was 30, 31, 33%. I mean, but we set a goal. We said 20%. I promise you, if you make generosity a budget item, it's going to force you to find ways to be generous because, you know, you got 20% of your income coming in, whether it's a small income or a large income, wherever that income is, whatever's being given to your church, 20% is a lot. And um, it's going to force you to think about ways that your church can be generous and, and that the ways that you can model that. The, the second thing I would say is um, we, we call it the cycle of generosity. Um, this is kind of just, it comes natural to who we are, um, but, I, but, but you can do this as well. The cycle of generosity is you teach it, you teach it, you demonstrate it, and then you celebrate it. So you teach it, you talk about generosity, you, you talk about the generous heart of God, you talk about the needs that exist, you talk about ways that we can make a difference, you talk about gener gen generosity, how we're commanded by God to be generous. The New Testament doesn't ask us to be, it command we're commanded to do good, to be generous, right? So we talk about it, and then we model it. We, 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 we do things as a church so that people can see the impact of their giving. We, you got to model it. You got to give people opportunities to get in the game. If I don't have any skin in the game, it's not really going to do anything for me. I got to, I got to, I got to know how I can engage. So we model it, and then we 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 talk about what we model. Like we talk, we talk about generosity. We do something, and then we talk about what we did, so that people see the impact of what happened. They can celebrate just just how the kingdom was just moved forward because of maybe uh, whether it's an event or we, we supplied shoes for kids in need or whatever it is. Whatever that generosity piece is, you you celebrate it. Give the church an opportunity to like feel good about like like I know it's a little selfish sounding, but but like we love to like if I'm a gift giver, if I give you a gift, I don't want you to frown when you open the present like I want to if I'm going to give you a gift I'm going to watch you open it I'm going to get excited that you get excited right we celebrate it's going to make me want to give another person something because I just want to see that continue and so we call that the cycle of generosity and and um, the reason that this session is called leading the way with radical generosity is is because and, and not like creating a culture or something like that is because generosity is what leaders do we have to model it as leaders a generous church will flow out of the heart of a generous leader. You, you have to have people on your team who are generous. Um, you can't expect your church to tithe if your staff doesn't tithe, right? If you've got people leading life groups that aren't tithing, you, you, have, to, you have to check that. You need to know. Um, you you want to be a generous church, you, you have to model it. Be a generous leader. When we talk about teaching it, again, it's teaching it to your team. It's teaching it to your church. It's talking about the generous heart of God, how we're called to be generous. When you model it, Really, we take that from Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, where, where Jesus says, Let your light shine before men that they may see 
your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And I know there's another verse that says, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. And here's how we kind of put those two verses together. We, we celebrate generosity as a whole so that people can see the impact of their generosity and how the kingdom of heaven is moving forward but we never say now bob stand up because bob gave ten thousand dollars to this project and and can we all clap our hands for bob because no one needs to know what bob gave individually that's he's a right hand left hands over here you got a foot over we're not we're not going to do that right but he says let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I think celebrating uh, the goodness of God and what he does through the church is, a, is a, such a, a strong part of the church and what, what the church ought to be, and sometimes I think we neglect that. Um, and then I would say there, there's, there's, there's four kinds of churches, and there's a, actually a, a, a little... Um, uh, a little um, graph that, that we have. There's a resource page that Kindred is going to share with you um, that we have. We, we've put some things on the resource page, both from Kindred and from us, that you can take with you. One of the things on the resource page is a little assessment. It's a graph. It's, we call it a say-do assessment. Uh, are, you, you know, are you doing what you say you do? And, and out of this assessment, wherever you kind of decide where you are as a leader or as a church, there's, there's four really possibilities. The, the first possibility, the kind of church is, is there's, there are generous churches, but nobody knows it. So there, you might be a part of a church right now where your church is doing a ton to meet the needs of your community and around the world. You are a generous church. You're a part of a generous church, but nobody knows what you're doing because either you're afraid to talk about money, you feel like celebrating generosity, it might just appear boastful, and so you maybe you just don't share enough. Um, you're afraid to talk about it. You're doing a lot to move the kingdom forward. But just people in your church are ignorant. Maybe you're ignorant. Maybe this, your, your team is ignorant. Like, just you just don't know what is being accomplished because nobody talks about it and we're not taking time to celebrate what God is doing through the church. And so maybe you're a generous church, nobody knows it. Um, the second kind of church is you're a generous church and everybody knows it, right? Which inspires people to be a part of your church and to give more because you're doing a lot for the kingdom and people know that you're doing a lot, right? We talk about it, celebrate it, model it. The third kind of church is you're not generous, nobody knows it. So you're not doing a lot, but you're also not saying anything about it. You're not teaching, giving. You're not talking about the generous heart of God. You're not modeling it. So it's like kind of like just apathetic people are in your church, right? Because it's just like, there's, what, what are we in the game for? I don't know what a win is. I don't know what we're doing for the kingdom, right? Probably not that generous. Nobody knows it. Nobody really cares. The fourth kind of church is you're not so generous, but you talk about it a lot, um, which is like, a lot, you know, that's what kind of how I grew up is um, we talk, we're, we're not real generous, but we talk about how important it is to tithe and give, right? We, we want to get from you, but we're not going to ever show you. We're not going to be transparent with where money's going. You're, you're going to go home and you're going to ask all the time, like, what, what are we giving for again? Like, where's our money go? Like, what, why are we doing this again? What are we accomplishing? Are people being saved? Um, where are our missionaries? We, we don't know anything. Um, maybe we're not that generous, but we talk about money all the time. And I think, uh, I think we all want to be a part of churches that are both generous and that celebrate the heart of God and, and where you can see how your giving is impacting the world. It does mean being, being absolutely transparent with your finances. One of the um, resources that we're, we're, we're willing to give to you, um, you can download our Year 7 report. Um, we first stole a, a report from New Spring Church, and just they gave us a PDF, and we edited theirs and just changed the numbers, um, which was depressing as a church plan to change the numbers. Like, we're in year one. and um, But... Uh, 
But you can download our report if you if you were want to actually have like a, a editable copy. All you got to do is email me. I have cards up here. Email me. We'll send you an editable version. You can take it. But um, we 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 are very transparent. So what a what an annual report looks like is it tells stories. It shows how needs are being met. It shows who our partners are, local and global. It shows how the church is growing, where the money's going, all the dollars and cents are in there. People love to see that. And, uh, and we have 52 opportunities a year as well to get up in front of the church, receive tithe and offerings, and talk about, again, gener the generous heart of God, what we're doing as a church to be generous and, and to celebrate the, what, what gets accomplished. And, uh, and so, again, we'll, we'll, we'll give anything to you um, that, that you want, but, but we, we, we want people to see the good work of God, of Jesus Christ through the church. We want to talk about it, celebrate it, and, and do it. Yeah, I, I um, yeah, it's, I've, he lives this out. I'm just going to tell you that right now, and he models this so well for our church. And one of the things that we have found, generosity inspires generosity. And so if people are inspired to give, you'd better have a really easy way for them to give, right? Because you, you don't want in the moment of somebody feeling compelled to give, or maybe the Lord speaks to them to give, for it to be a 10-step process on, okay, now now you got to fill this out and you're going to have to wait 10 days, like the whole thing. And so one of the things we love about partners like Kindred is that they make it super simple once people are inspired to give to for them to actually do that. So Chaley, do you want to talk a little bit about what that process looks like? Like once when somebody says, yes, I want to be a part of this, I want to get in the game, I want to start tithing, or maybe I want to start going above and beyond our tithe, or maybe I want to give to this special project. How does that play itself out? Yeah, so I think that as a church, you need different tools in your tool belt to meet everyone where they're at. So you're going to have someone who has, you know, brought a check to church every week. They're comfortable with that, and they want to keep doing that. And that's an act of worship to them. Fantastic. Keep doing that. But you're also going to have people who do everything through their phone and literally do not own a checkbook. Mm -hmm. And you need something that is mobile and accessible for them and online giving for those who are going to come to your website and decide they want to give. So it's really important that you have, like Katie said, um, a simple and easy way for people to give with, within like two or three clicks and um, giving with, it's a platform that is created with first time givers in mind they are taking a massive step saying, okay, I've heard your vision, which is amazing, and I believe in it, and I wanna be a part of it, and I'm gonna, give, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give a gift. So that first gift needs to be, we like it to be w w under a minute. So you know, a digital giving platform that they can, in service, pull out their phone, set up an account, and give a gift, and you want to make sure that your giving is going to be seamless no matter which no matter which channel they come through. So nowadays, you have people that could be watching live on Facebook and they need to be able to give when they're on Facebook. And you have people who are watching through your website, they need to be able to give on your website and then in service as well through their phone. So different tools to meet everyone right where they're at. That's awesome. So I think one of the things um, that that makes generosity really easy for us is we just keep it we keep it simple. And I I'll never forget the first year we were a church. We had just planted, and we knew we wanted to 
reach the needs of our city, but like, where do you start, right? Like you can drive down the street and you can see somebody on the side of the road, but like, how do you tangibly get after the needs? And we were, um, we had, were renting a little condo in an area of town and um, the washer and dryer at this condo weren't that great. And so I found myself kind of going to the laundromat for the first time in my life. We always had great laundry system and um, I was at the laundromat and I remember leaving the laundromat and being like, that was so expensive. Like it cost me like $30 to get my laundry done that day. Like the quarters just kept adding up. And I thought, how do people who only have a laundromat do laundry? Like that would cost them a fortune. And so um, this idea for Laundry Love was birthed and we, we, we called a laundromat and said, hey, can we come and do laundry for free for people for the day. We'll pay for it. We just need access to your machines. And they said, yeah. And um, seven years in, we have done hundreds and hundreds of loads of laundry now. And it was just a really simple, like I saw, I saw a need and I said, hey, can we do this? And now at our Dream Center, we have laundry facilities that do laundry for people every single week, which is really exciting. But um, kind of getting in those rhythms of just seeing a need, meeting it, and then your church is ready to respond. Like this year when Hurricanes Irma and Harvey happened. Our church was ready, like really ready. And we saw, man, there's nobody in our city that's really like, like ready to go. And so Chad, talk a little bit about that process for us and, and what that looks like to be ready to respond to a need. Yeah. Well, when the, the hurricanes hit, um, we, it was the morning after maybe two days in at the time. And, um, you know, she, she looked at me and said, uh, nobody's doing anything. We need to do something. And within 24 hours, just by making some phone calls, we had every major news network in our in our city um, behind uh, j just a, a drive to send supplies and to send teams uh, to the most hard hit areas. And um, and then and then one of the news organizations in our city did their own drive a few days later. And um, and we were sponsors of that. And um, they, they said to us after um, we I mean, multiple uh, semi truck trailers sent down to, uh, to to meet people where they're at. But the, one of the, the, the executive director of the news station looked at, at us and said, um, we, we just made a friend in you. Like, you are a lifelong friend now. Um, we, we, we cannot believe how many hundreds of people from your church came out all day. I mean, I think it started at 6 in the morning, one of the drives, and, and went until like midnight. Can't believe how many hundreds of people came came up, uh, came out to, to, to put this thing on, and just how, how you treat people, and how you love people, and how organized this, this event was, and, and it just, it was, it, they were blown away, but when we when we first launched, how, how it started was we, we, we were, um, we launched in April, and so we're coming into our first, like, January, and so for me, it was like, okay, we're entering our first full year. And I was praying about, God, how can we model more generosity? How can the church see the church making a difference? And I was talking with a mentor of mine, and, and he was past, he, is, he was leading a church that was about 20 years in. And he said, Chad, we're, we're throwing this idea around. It's something called one for one. And he said, um, it's going to be really tough for us because we're 20 years in, and we've got like 15,000 people in our church. But the idea is to give $1 to a local or global need for every person who walks through our doors every week, right? But he goes, for us, it'd be like $15,000 a week. And like you, it's, that's hard to just put in your budget when you're already like 20 years in. And, um, and I said, Lee, we're going to do that like now. He's like, what do you mean? I said, we're, we're going to start January 1. Like 
I don't even know how we can afford it. I don't know what one for one is going to mean for us, but we're just going to do that. So we started our first January one for one. We still do it every every weekend when people are giving. There's a slide that will just uh, we have slides that will you know change out, and it'll say one for one for every person who walks through our doors every single weekend, every single worship experience. We're giving one dollar to meet a local or global need. When our church was like 180 people, what that meant was we could come up the next Sunday and say, hey, church, wanted you to know through one for one last weekend, we were able to provide $180 worth of groceries to a single mom. Not only that, but she sent this letter that she wants us to read to you, and we would read the letter. Then I would walk off stage, and someone would find me and say, it was 180, and I said, well, that, it was 181. And they would say, I want to give that woman another $181 worth of groceries. Every time we actually told the church the exact number, and like as the church grew, hey, it was 227 this week. Every time we would say, hey, we just provided $227 to this family. And here's what we were able to accomplish through one for one last week. Someone in the church would find me and say, here's $227. I want to cover, cover that, or I want to double that, or let's triple that. Then we, as our church grew, obviously the one for $1 grew. That's a challenge because you're looking for, now you're looking for bigger needs. And then there's the opportunity to take one for one for a whole month. Let's save our one for $1 this month and do something that's $1,200. Or when our church started growing, now we've got thousands of people in our church. Well, what, what, what would be like 3,500, 4,000 people times four? take a whole month. What could we do? Well, when you're talking about that kind of money, you could fund like a ministry for a really long time overseas, or you could find a youth program, maybe in your own city, maybe it's an inner city youth program. One of the things we did was we, we, we paid for the salary of someone in someone else's ministry that they needed to run an after school program for, for, the, for inner city kids. We just took a portion of one for one as our church grew and started paying someone else's salary. They weren't even a part of our church. And so one time we bought tactical gear for, um, for our police drug task force in the city, found out they were using World War II era tactical gear. And we said, listen, we're going to take one for one for a month or two, however long we needed to take it. And we're going to buy the, the whole police department brand new tactical gear. Can't, can't tell you what that will do for your church and just how your city will respond to that. Um, another thing that we started doing maybe two years ago is we, we realized, like, instead of giving money to you to fill out a Connect card, like, a coffee mug that you're not even going to want to use if you don't decide this is your church. And then when you leave our church, I don't even want you to have the mug anyway. So um, <laughs> instead of giving money to you, we're going to give money for you. And so we found an organization in our city. It's a, it's a food pantry. Uh, it's a food providing organization called Middle Ohio Food Bank. They, they stock pretty much every food pantry, not just in our city, but, but in most of the state of Ohio. And they, through all of their many partnerships with large organizations, are able to say for every dollar you give, it's $10 worth of groceries. And so for us, we say to people who are here for the first time, if you're here for the first time, you fill out a Connect card today, put it in the offering bucket. We're going to give $5 on your behalf to the Mid-Ohio Food Bank. And through their partnership citywide, that single card of yours is going to provide a $50 bag of groceries to meet a local family in need. Now you're here for the first time. We're not asking you to give. We're giving for you. And uh, I can't tell you how many $50 gifts we get, um, even through one for one, how many $1 gifts we get from a, from a homeless person that you put in four quarters because like I'm going to pay for my seat kind of thing. Um, but it just, it, it grows. Um, we thank givers 
think this is important, just creating a culture of generosity, being grateful. Make sure you're thanking givers. Uh, any first-time giver in our church is going to get a letter that says thank you. They're going to get a thank you letter. Large givers, um, and, and as our church grows, you know, that threshold kind of changes from time to time, but just Set a set a standard, draw a line, and say, okay, if someone gives this much, if it's a thousand dollars, or maybe it's five thousand, ten thousand, whatever the the threshold is, it might be a hundred dollars. But if someone gives for the first time this amount, they're going to get a handwritten note just saying thank you, maybe a gift, a, a book that you've read that can be a blessing to them. Um, maybe it's a John Maxwell Leadership Bible, something that you can put their name in and just say, wanted you to know, we're grateful that you believe in what God is doing through his church, and this is a simple thank you. Um, you can partner with local schools. We uh, last year partnered with 16 schools. We, we provided lunch for, for all of the teachers and administrators in 16 schools. I think we started a few years ago with just one or two schools. This year, we, we, we just, uh, through a partnership with Chick-fil-A, were able to tell our church a few weeks ago that we were going from last year's 16 schools to being in all 109 Columbus City schools this year, providing lunch for everyone, um, just because what started with one school spurred, inspired more people to engage, more schools, more teachers in our, in our, in our church to say, I would love for the people I work with to see the heart of God through our church. Would you come to our school? Would you come to our school? Now we're going to be in every school from 16 to 109 in one year. Um, you can partner with a, a, a global organization that, that has a proven track record. There are many. Look, just look on the, the, the art material. Find a global organization with a proven track record. Have a, a child sponsorship Sunday. Um, build a home in Honduras. It costs like $8,000 to build a home. And uh, we did that. I mean, we've built many homes, but it, when, you're a, when you're a small church, when you're a large church, man, just building a home, build a development center. We've built several development centers. That's about $50,000 to build a development center through, through, through organizations in Central America. You get to send your church to the development center that your church was responsible of, for building. You can build medical centers. You can fund uh, missionaries and, 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 um, and doctors overseas. You get to send your church to those places and see the kids that they're personally sponsoring. And these are organizations that you can partner with where you can accomplish things like this. And, and, and really all it takes is just a little bit of vision and inspiring people Find find people. There there are pastors here from overseas. Um, we we took a trip to India a few years ago, and we were with this pastor. He was showing us the ministry, and as we were getting ready to leave, I asked the pastor. I said, "This was about three years ago." I said, "I said, Pastor, what what do you need?" And he said, "Well, we have about fifty pastors who don't have transportation." And I said, "Well, what does transportation cost?" He said, "It costs twelve hundred dollars." for a motorcycle for one of our pastors, but it really makes the difference. I mean, these pastors, they, they, they need it. They don't have it. And, um, and I said, well, what's 1,200 times 50? And Because I'm not good at math, and it's easier to be generous when you're not good at math. And, <laughs> and he said 60,000. And um, I just remember at the time it was kind of a staggering number because we were already kind of into some things at the time and just didn't have $60,000 just to straight up give. But I said, you know what, pastor, we're going to, we're going to do that. And um, this Christmas, like, I'm going to go back to our church. And, and it really, it was really like our first capital campaign. Like, we did a capital campaign to raise money for these motorcycles. Um, but out of that campaign, really, what, what started is our, is our first campaign. Uh, not only did we buy those motorcycles, we, we were able to buy way more than that. 
And um, we've raised over $8 million to date just, just from the, 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 the start of that campaign. I mean, where, where it began was we saw a need that was felt so far away and so big that we're going to meet it. And, and it's just it's what, what it's grown into has just been so super abundantly more than anything we could have ever asked or imagined. I mean, eight, eight million plus dollars into this thing. And, um, and, and, and like I said, I, I dare, I, I dare you to try to outgive God. I, I want you to, I want you to hear just one thing that's said in this session and just say, I'm going to try that. I want to do that. I want to do something in my own life personally, or I want our church to do something that we've never done before. That's just going to really kind of scare uh, scare us to death just a little bit like if God if you don't show up we're not going to be able to do it when we built the first development center we were in Central America I asked the question again I said pastor what do you need he said well we need this build I said what's it going to cost he said fifty thousand dollars well the year before we'd built a house for eight thousand and it about killed us I mean it was like you know it's like trying to raise eight grand to build a house and um took a whole summer to do it and so from eight thousand to fifty thousand I think we were two years old as a church $50,000 for a two-year-old church. We're, we're in a movie theater. We're trying to pay our bills, you know. And um, I just remember saying, Pastor, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. And it just, it just something inside of me was just like, I don't know how we're going to do it, but I know that we've got more in our church and in our city than you've got. I'm looking at the passion that you have for these people. I'm looking at the ministry that you're accomplishing. And I know we've got rich people in our church. I know I'm filthy rich compared to what the people in your, in your town have. I mean, people are living off of nothing. And so if we can't do it, I don't know who can. Like, we've got to pull it together. And when you go back to your church and you, when you see a need and go, we can meet this. You feel ownership of it. Watch what happens. People are going to give to that. Uh, I, know, I know we like, when, when, when you hear like people don't give to need, that means like people don't want to give to pay your lights, right? People don't want to give like, oh, we, we can't afford the mortgage. We need you to give more. No, people don't like that kind of need, but people want to make a difference. Pastor Chris said it. You're, people are already wired by God to make a difference. They want to see how their life matters. Like, it sounds selfish, but it's hardwired in us by God. I want to know that my life matters. And so when I see something that we can accomplish and I can, I can rally a group of people in our church to do it, man, watch what happens. Not only do you get to meet a need, you get to move the kingdom of heaven forward, but people see it. Even those who don't give toward it, see it. And they go, I didn't think we were gonna do that. How did our church do that? And then they start talking about what we do like, hey, our church, we're real generous. They haven't given a dollar yet, but we're, we're, we're a generous church, right? I love our church because we're so generous, but you, you're not even a giver yet. But, but it's like, but you're going to be because you see it. You see it. You're, 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 you're seeing it modeled. It's talked about. And, and eventually it's celebrated so much. Like, I want to I I I I celebrate for real because now I was a part of this. Just, just watch what God will do. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, imagine if in this room your churches were the churches that when something went down in your city, when something happened in your city, they thought that's the church we're going to go to. That's the church that's going to have the answer. They have the system. They have the process. They have the people. And that's what God is doing through our church. And we don't say that boastfully. All glory goes to him. Uh, we, just, we just say yes. We see a need and we meet it. Find, find a need and meet it, right? That's what we say. Uh, heal, find a hurt and heal it. Um, 
that's that's what we try to do as a church. And I know uh, we talked a bit about this a little bit, but like sometimes something will happen. You'll have a you'll have a hurricane, you'll have a tornado, you'll have a flood, and you need your church to respond. So, Chaley, talk a little bit about how you can ramp up the opportunity for people to give quickly, because I love that that's one of the things that Kindred provides. Yeah, I could like listen. To, I, I just want you to keep talking because I'm like, I'm all pumped up. But yeah, so I, I totally agree that you need to be able to quickly respond to either a need locally or within your church community or globally um, with, you know, there's there's two ways that we like to see that happen. One is mobily. You know, we didn't tell you ahead of time, but this happened this week. And we feel led to raise support for this, a spontaneous giving moment. You need to be prepared to have those spontaneous giving moments. And you can do that with mobile giving. So we saw this happen um, with, with Seacoast Church. Um, they had a, a flood flooding that happened in, in Louisiana. And they said, guys, we didn't tell you about this ahead of time. It is on our heart. We feel led to raise support for a flood relief fund. Um, we know you don't have cash or checks on you. You aren't prepared for this. But if you feel led to give towards this flood relief fund, you can pull out your phone and text any amount with the keyword flood and give instantly. And with text giving alone in one weekend, they raised $20,000 towards a flood relief fund because they had a platform that allowed them to respond quickly to a need. Uh, another way you can do it is what, what we call, um, different platforms use different things, but with Kindred, it's called an action link. And you can point your givers towards a, spe a specific designation, such as uh, when Hurricane Harvey happened. Um, we actually have an entire report that we're going to include in your resource uh, bundle about how the church responded to Hurricane Harvey, and it's remarkable. Um, but uh, we created a, a link that when givers clicked it, it took them straight to that church's give page with the Harvey designation pre-filled. So you can put that on your Instagram page. You can send it out in an email. You can put it on, you know, your bulletin, your slides. Hey guys, click here if you feel led to to give towards towards Hurricane Harvey. So it needs to be uh, it needs to be something that you as a church can do quickly. You can respond to something. Your givers can respond spontaneously, and it needs to be able to to be on all your you know social media across the board wherever you guys live digitally, so people can can do what they want to do. They want to be a part of that vision. You just need to equip them with ways to do that. So good, and we we have benefited from that time and time again. Just the ability for people to respond quickly. One of the things we say at Rock City is that we give up things we love for things we love even more. And a lot of times for us as as lead pastors, that has meant kind of shelving maybe a personal dream, a goal in order to give generously. And so Chad, you want to share a little bit about some of those things. You know, it's not, it's, you know, you talk about $5 million in five years. We were still portable in five years, right? Like, so sometimes at night I'd be like, man, $5 million, like that could have Gonna have a pretty nice building, but you know, five million dollars. But talk a little bit about what that looks like for us in the trade-off. Yeah, so we're like I said, we we get to open the doors to our first ground-up build this year in the fall, um, and uh, we're super pumped about it. I mean, 
trust me, we're seven years in, we're ready. You hear a lot of talk about, like, if you don't have a building yet, you want a building. Um, and and I've, I've thought about, you know, when we, when we crossed that threshold, five million in five years, I thought, man, what if we wouldn't have given that beyond the walls and just held on to some of that? Because then we could probably be in a building right now. But then I quickly realized, no, we probably wouldn't be anywhere right now. Um, and I, I remember um, when, we, when, we, when we built the first development center, I remember thinking $50,000 is a lot for us right now, but it's not going to build a building, and it's not going to make the difference whether our church lives or dies. Like, it's just not. God's not going to be limited by this single act of generosity. Um, we're going to go ahead and do it, right? Um, and so we, we built homes. We built development centers. We built a church in Nepal before ever we had a permanent building. And the reason we did it was it wasn't the plan, but it was we saw the need, and we couldn't deny the need. Um, we, had, we had formulated a plan for our first real, like, full-on capital campaign. Now it's time for us to have a permanent space. And we had it all laid out and all like ready to get printed. I mean, it was it was good to go. And I I don't remember how many millions of dollars it was, but it was it was a lot. And we're ready to go. And um, before we could roll it out, I met with a local pastor who had no succession plan. And the conversation came up. They had a a, a church that was dying in the heart of our city and a three-story building attached to it that they were doing some inner city ministry out of. And he said. Um, you know, I don't know who's going to take this over. I asked him if he'd ever heard of a dream center, and we connected with that. Long story short, um, we were given the opportunity to take this on. We're going to take this church, which I didn't think anyone would even show up on a Sunday because it's just it's in the heart of our city. There's no parking there. It doesn't make any sense. We thought, well, we could fit 500 people, but there's nowhere to park 500 people, so maybe, maybe 100 people might be a part of this campus if we can pull it off. But the dream center thing, now that's really cool. We could do a lot there, uh, but we're going to need to take about a million and a half dollars and renovate it. That's going to mean we're not going to get our building as quick as we want it, probably. Um, this isn't in our plan. Like we, we have a campaign to do this, but we have an opportunity to do something that's been in our heart from day one. A three-story dream center in a church in the heart of our city. And so we prayed about it, and um, we, we pulled the trigger. And it meant for us just, okay, let's just set aside this dream for a moment because this opportunity is here. And I'm a firm believer that we walk through open doors. Just walk through open doors and God's going to lead you. So we put a million and a half dollars into it. I, I, I told our team, if 100 people come to this campus, it's a win. And we figured out how much it was going to cost and to, to run it and 100 people would have kept it afloat. Well, today we have a dream center that serves over 60,000 meals a year. We've got laundry and shower facilities, after-school program, homeless ministry, family ministry, adopt-a-block ministry. I mean, you, you name it. It just goes on and on and on. The campus that's attached to it, how many people on a weekend attend that? About 15, 1,600 people a weekend. Um, I don't know where they park. Uh, <laughs> We do six services. I don't know where they park, but they just keep coming. And um, every, everyone from, you know, people who the only items they have is in a plastic bag. And when they walk through the doors, we greet them just like we would greet the, the person who owns a, a multi-million dollar uh, business in our city because the, the CEO wants to be a part of that campus because they're, they're, they're seeing the church in action. And when the person with the bag comes in, we've got volunteers that are there to take their bag, check it. We're going to make sure all your stuff stays safe, but we don't, 
bring it into the auditorium, but we're going to serve you. Here's some coffee. What do you need? I mean, it, it just is absolutely amazing. But we, we, it's our most vibrant campus today. But what we, we now get to do is now, now what we were going to renovate at first, we we're going to renovate something much smaller. Now, because we, we took this step and we did the Dream Center in the, in the short north campus first, now we, we actually get to build something from the ground up, which we never thought we would do. Um, never was in our plan, but it's going to be much more what we want and what we need, right? It's like so much better. Uh, we get to make all the decisions, right? It's like oh, this is amazing. Um, but I, I know we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be building what we're building today had we said no to that opportunity because we were afraid that opportunity was going to slow us down. We were afraid. The fear is real. I thought it was going to slow things down. And maybe it did slow things down a bit, but the end result is we, we, we're getting so much more now so much more. Our church is so much stronger. And because we didn't have a building for the first seven years, it forced us to go multi-site because we kept running out of room. And so we didn't just say, let's, let's have four campuses because it's fun. We just, we, we have four campuses because we need them. We have three campuses within a 1.7 mile radius of each other. That doesn't even make sense logically, but, and they all run about the same number as each other. And it's just, Driven by need an open door. Need an open door. See a need, meet a need. I, I would love to open this up for questions um, because we have about, what, 15, 17 minutes left. I would just love to open it for questions for, for either Kindred or myself uh, or my wife. She's amazing, too. Well, what ideas do you have for churches that are in small communities, you know, that are not in large what are What are ideas that you have for churches in small communities? Pay attention. Um, you know, when we, we, a lot of churches will say give shoes for, to kids, um, at Christmas time, right? Like it's a big thing or, um, before, before school starts, we, we do backpacks full of supplies, right? We buy backpacks, we fill them, we partner with the local school, we go there, we give them to the kids at Christmas time. We do shoes for kids. We're there. We've got teams there in the schools. They're sizing kids feet up a month ahead of time. So we know what kids are getting, what shoes and stuff. Um, the shoes thing happened because my wife was meeting with the principal and a kid walked in to the principal's office in out and had like either no shoes or the worst kind of shoes you could imagine. They, they were sent to the office because they couldn't participate in gym class because their shoes didn't fit. Yeah. And so my wife said, well, is there something we can do? And the principal said, well, we have so many kids like that, that that they can't participate without shoes. Guess what we did? Well, let's let's buy shoes for every kid in your school. And then um, I don't know how many schools this past year, but we ten, ten schools. Ten schools, you know, and every kid gets. And then and then and then it then it even became like, well, now we're giving shoes to these kids, but what about teachers? You know how many teachers? They don't get paid a lot. And they, they spend their own money to buy supplies for kids. Because if your kid needs shoes, well, what happens when the ruler breaks? And mom is a drug addict and dad's not in the house. Kid's just not going to have a ruler, right? So a teacher's going to pay for that out of her own pocket or his own pocket. So, so then we started giving Amazon gift cards directly to teachers. And we said, listen, we don't care what you spend it on. If you need it for you, use it for you. If you we would love you to use it for your classroom. And then we started giving bigger Amazon gift cards with a lot more money on it to the central office so that any teacher in the school can, if they need something for their classroom, they just run by the office, pick up the card, make the order. 
and you've got it. So just pay attention. There, there's, there's needs in your community that when you see it, if you're seeing it, then I believe it's because the Lord is showing you it. And so if you see it, then just find a way to meet it. Start there and just watch how people would be inspired to be a part of it. They're going to give more. This isn't a session on how to get people in your church to give. That's not the motivation. I'm just telling you, the more your church does give and the more you do meet the needs in your community, the more people are going to step up and want to give. And then, like he said, just celebrate the crap out of it. Like, you know, he says this all the time. A picture is worth a thousand words. A video is worth 10,000. Like, it, it, the more you can show, you know, we're, we're always... The, the picture of a person putting shoes on a child's feet, like there is nothing like that to inspire generosity in people. And so once you find a simple idea, just just celebrate it. And get over the fact that it feels uh, feels selfish and self-serving and gloating and all, all of this because the reality is we don't do anything without cameras and videos because, listen, if we, if, if we, we give shoes to 100 kids in a school, right, I could do that. I'm the lead pastor. Just put the 100 shoes in my car. I'll go by myself. We'll give them these shoes, and it's over. But n nobody gets to participate then. Like, involve as many people in your church as you can. Don't just give them the shoes. Throw a party. Have pancakes and bring Santa with you. And, like, just make, make the, like, let, put the whole school on notice that, like, we're here, and we're, we're, we're here to serve you. Make it awesome. In involve as many people as you can and capture the moment so that you can celebrate it with your church because now the people that weren't there get to see what it looks like to be generous and to love people. Next time you do an event, it's not going to be at one school. It's going to be at two because you're going to have so many volunteers. That's the only reason we started going to more schools is we said, well, we have so many volunteers now the second year, the school said, we can't have that many people come. You had too many people last year. We're like, well, we can't sell people. No. Well, we're going to have to find another school. And so we found another school. Then we found another school. Then we found another school. Um, that just, so just see. Just pay attention. Hey, Chad. I'm Lee. Um, I like what you said when you said that people that are bad with math are usually generous people because they kind of have that mentality that we can make something out of nothing. Um, I'm in a small church where we're just starting up, and um, I'm on the board. I'm a creative, um, but some of the guys in the board have a numbers background. How do you get, um, as somebody who just has a one voice in that, um, get them to believe in raising that campaign and funding for uh, when they're looking at a number and they're saying, well, you know, $10,000 or $100,000 is too much, um, but I know that God is saying in your heart that you need to give. So how do you get the people who have the numbers, which yeah. makes sense to me, how do you get them on board? How do you get the people, how do you get the money crunchers on the board of a church to believe in giving more? Um, show them, show them show them our annual report, find other churches that are doing similar things. Um, hey, they're in a building program too, and they're giving this, and they're doing that. Um, you know, show them, show them how our giving per person has increased. If you want some more stats from our church, I'll show you, but our giving per person has increased every year since we've been a church. And, um, and I, again, I, I believe the more we give, the more people give, the more they want to be generous. So show them that. It is really hard, though, if, if, if you're um, a part of a church. If your church is going to be generous, I believe it has to come from ultimately the heart of your lead pastor because um, it's not it's hard to lead by committee and like you can you can maybe get a board on board right um, but for me it's just like when I see something like I you know I'm talking about the kid with the shoes I almost started crying up here you know it's like 
I can't help that. That's just who I am. You know, I'll just start crying in this session because I'm thinking about something. Um, you, it has to come from the heart of the, the pastor if you really want to get your whole church on board. I mean, you have to believe it. You just have to believe it. It's not, and again, I, I, I think, was it, was it Pastor Chris? Oh, it was yesterday's thing that we were at. I'm sorry, some of you didn't hear this, but he was just talking about in the growth thing he did, he was talking about how making sure you're, you're giving like what you're doing and what you're giving has eternal impact. Yeah. It's not just about feeding someone. You can feed someone if you don't give them the gospel. You did the meanest thing to them. This is what Pastor Chris Hodges said. You did the meanest thing to them because you gave them a piece of bread, but you you withheld the greater gift. So, um, so it's not just about meeting needs to say that you met it. It's about letting people encounter the church of Jesus Christ the hands and feet of Jesus. It's about getting close to where people are, meeting their physical needs so that you can give them something greater. And and that's hard to get a, a, a team to just like, okay, let's just vote on this. No. You you have to be there. It's a reason why missions organizations, they, they, want, they want the lead pastor or whoever's the decision maker, they want and they need that person to be on the front lines. Like, I need you to come and see this development center, because I can promise you, if one of our guys came back to even me and we're like, we should build a center, I, I would have said, listen, like I know you're like real gung-ho. You just came back from a missions trip. But like that's just not in our vision right now. Like, we don't have the, right? It just wouldn't have probably turned out the way it did. Because I was there. I saw it. I'm like, oh, my God, we have to build this center. If we don't, like we're going to hell. Like We got to do this. <laughs> and people just get excited about it. So I would just I would I would find some things that you can do as a church where you're bored if that's the decision if that if that's who's going to make the decision they have to all experience it firsthand. Show up someplace and have a person show you how you can impact them in their work. Don't try to recreate the wheel before we built the development center or re, you know um, renovated one and took it on. We were already supporting centers right we were already supporting missions and works that were already happening um you don't have to recreate it but just get those people on the front lines and then that's where you start not something that you can't touch and feel you got to touch and feel it see it with your own eyes you meet that need and then watch the desire to do more grow in them yes what percentage of your budget goes to giving to other ministries versus ministries that you guys are kind of facilitating do you, try to, do you try to partner with other ministries? Or? Yes. Yeah, and our annual report gives a pretty good uh, picture of that, I would say. Um, I can't tell you the exact percentage of, like, this year. Uh, year 7 was 21% beyond our walls. Some of that would be Dream Center, which is technically our Dream Center. But, um, I mean, we, we partner with so much. We're, we're funding missionaries overseas. We, I think 20, 27 pastors overseas are fully funded and supported by our church and then we just added another one so it'll be 28 um development centers are funded by us medical clinics are funded by us that aren't our they're not our clinics they're just organizations samaritan's purse will partner with them um we've got a whole list of of those those partners the the dream center that was really the first thing that i would say we we that would did be ourselves ours. yeah. yeah um we we all we're big believers in lifting up the arms of organizations that are doing things really well in your city there are organizations doing things really really well in your city if you would just go to them and say what what do you need 
Like your church is going to be so excited. It does not have to be yours. We don't, it's not the Rock City Dream Center. It's the Columbus Dream Center. We have over 40 churches that are a part of it um, that serve on a weekly basis. And so that's really important what you call things. You know, it, it's not ours. It, it's ultimately our city's. You said something about modeling and your staff being in this, like if your staff doesn't tithe, you check on it and all that. You talk about like a hard conversation with a staff member related to that? Yeah. So I think that's probably nuts and bolts and a little bit tough. Mm-hmm. You know? No, it, 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 it's, it's tough, but it's not. I mean, I you know, I had a staff person that um, was about to get a significant raise, and, um, and it was that time of year, and so we knew what we were going to pay this person. You're getting a big raise, and we want to bless you. And then... Um, you know, we got the giving reports, and that person hadn't been giving. And so I, I had to meet with that person and say, listen, we need to know why. And, um, you know, tell me what's going on. Well, they, they shared some issues. We're trying to get caught up in this. I said, well, I want you to know what you're missing out on this year because it's going to be a year. Um, you got you to catch up. I had, to, I had to have that conversation with someone that I would consider a very close friend who's on our staff recently. And I said, listen, man, like, you're, you're laying a lot on the line right now because there's some things we want to do for you and your family. You're laying it on the line. And at the end of the day, like if this, if, this, if this continues, you can't be on staff here anymore. You cannot serve on our team if you're not tithing. So what's the plan? Well, what's the plan? Well, he came up with the plan. He said, I, we're, we're, we, we got behind. This is what happened, but we're going we're gonna to catch up. We're gonna, and I said, listen, he goes, I'm, I'm just sorry to disappoint you. I said, listen, it's not about disappointing me. I'm, you're not giving to me. This isn't about the church. We don't need your money. But I can't have someone on this team robbing God. It's between you and God. Don't be, don't be worried about what I think. Worry about what God thinks. Like, you just need to be faithful to him. And it's just, it is just, this is just an opportunity. Most of the time, there's something going on. And it's not like a, a mean conversation. It is hard, but it's not mean. It's, it's, a, it's a pastoring moment. It's just an opportunity to, like, what's going on? How can we help? And sometimes you find out that there's things like there's financial baggage in someone's life that's on your team. You had no idea. And you walk away going, I can't imagine living with that much pressure, living under that much debt and, you know, trying to deal with what you're dealing with. You get to help them. Five minutes. Um, this question is more probably for you. But uh, recently they had like the tornadoes that went through Arkansas, which is about, about 45 minutes from us. And one of the things that we were thinking about is like really trying to mobilize ourselves and mobilize ourselves to give quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys use social media mm-hmm. to to link to your giving? Mm-hmm. And, and, and will you give vision through social media? I know that's like one of the big things is like we never want to do any type of like capital campaign without giving vision. How do you do that? How do you give vision quickly? Well, the vision part is probably more Pastor Chad, but I would say as far as giving through social media, I think you need to be doing that. Um, I I think that's a key part of it. Uh, Telling the story of what you are doing can be done really well through social media as well as on stage. It 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 can reinforce what's happening on Sunday throughout the week and remind and you absolutely should have links to um you know what you want to fuel what you know what your vision is to fuel and you you know we can do that with with our platform um trinity harlem church for example this happened a couple months ago 
they had, uh, we, we, they're, uh, they use us for giving. They had some pretty massive flooding that happened in their church and we heard about it and we created a, a, a fund for them and we created a link that linked people directly to that fund. They just put it on their Instagram page and nowhere else didn't even, didn't even talk about anywhere else. And they raised thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars through Instagram alone. Um, for that. So people want to give towards it. And I think it's a great way to do it. We absolutely use social media to, to cast vision. Our, um, our Twitter is at Rock City Church. Our Instagram is at Rock City Church. Before we close, I want to make sure you guys have enough information about kind of what's next. If you have more questions, we have um, Chad's business cards up here. We will answer any question you have. We will give any resource we have ever created away to you. It's our, it's our, it's our, um, greatest joy to help other churches be more generous. So please come and get these at Chad Fisher online at C Fisher online is your Instagram at rock city church is our Instagram. And then, um, kindred has been generous enough to put together a resource page that you guys, is it, I don't know if you've popped that up. Okay. Awesome. One, do we have time for one, maybe one more question? Just a quick comment. Our churches, uh, joined kindred less than a year ago. If you're not, Part of what that's all about, digital giving, you need to because our, our giving has more than doubled since we went to that. That's awesome. It's awesome. Giving, um, we are giving our churches one year free, 12 months. We want we want to come alongside you. We want to hear about what God is doing. So um, use the promo code ARC and join and make that happen. I would love to talk to you personally if you've got any questions. So, um, And then with um, these resources, we've included three uh, templated emails that are thank you emails like they mentioned. One to thank first-time givers, one to thank recurring givers, and one to thank long-time givers. So um, please, please text this. Use these resources. Their annual report is included in this bundle. So lots of rich materials are in there. Thanks so much, you guys. We'll be up here for a little bit if you guys have any other questions.